companies, in my experience, when we build roles, it usually is skill-centric, not education-centric. Because when we want to hire someone, we want to hire someone who can do what we want, not know what we want. another episode of Misconceptions. On this episode, we are going to tackle about taking further studies, whether it's MBA, master's, or any other certifications after you graduate, or even after working for a while and decide to take further studies after that. We will also discuss how to deal with delays. And lastly, how to improve your employability so that you become indispensable in your company. Of course, improving your skills, not just by taking further studies. Today, I will be joined by the head of people of Canva, Alvan Sunso or Van Sunso. So welcome, Vanson, and excited to have you today. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. And I hope we could shed a little bit more clarity on people who is you know, at the edge of deciding whether it's an MBA or a doctorate degree for me or is something else. Yeah, correct. So my first my million dollar question is. What made you decide, well, in your case, it's not further studies, eh? What made you decide to study more? Okay, so I know off, off the record we were discussing, you actually had two bachelor's degrees. So maybe you could discuss more about that. Yeah, so the long story short was I took my first degree in La Salle as a computer science graduate, primarily because I was, you know, in that phase of the industry where IT was the biggest thing. Yeah? I think it was the it was the wave right after nursing. Right? For the first couple of years, I immediately know or knew that it was a little bit not for me. But as you know, uh, when we decide to start something, we want to finish it just to make sure that you know we get the entire gamut of what we invested our time for. Although I did consider the specialization that I wanted to take. So I took an instructional systems design specialization, which is basically doing e-learning materials on you by using computer science fundamentals. Uh, that was inspired by me wanting to be an educator. So I graduated uh, and then graduated late. No? <laughs> caveat, it's a, just to make the discussion more human. So I graduated one term late. Um, I worked. I worked using the degree that I had. Uh, found it really good, but at the same time, at that point, the e-learning industry in the Philippines wasn't as mature as it was. So it was a little bit tricky finding, you know, a relevant opportunity. And doing hardcore software engineering work wasn't a thing for me. So that actually was a catalyst to bring me to the decision to maybe it's time to go back to school. So I really evaluated what, what I wanted to do. And I said, you know, I wanted to really bank on wanting to be an educator. So why not a teaching degree? Uh, I think at that point, I knew I needed to be practical. Uh, I wasn't getting any younger by that time. So that's four years after, and then I worked for a couple of months and then went back to school. So the kid, so the batchmates I had were, were kids. <laughs> uh, I came in as a freshman in a different degree. So my classmates were like three, four years, five years younger. And I said, you know, whatever course I take should allow me to spearhead my career. 
because from my original batchmates who graduated with me in computer science, they're now for they're now going to be years ahead. By the time that I graduate Benil, which where, where I stayed there for three and a half years, it means that my original batch would have been three and a half years ahead of me. So I calculated like, okay, so if I took this course, how can I keep up? So uh, I ventured into wanting to go into training, uh, but there was not specific a training course in, in college. And then I stumbled upon the human resource program. And one of the verticals of HR is L&D or learning and development. So I look at the portfolio, I look at the syllabus, the curriculum outline, spoke to a handful of people that I knew from Benil at that time who took that course and said, you know, it's a really good, cool course. You know, and I look at the Facebook at the time and, and you know, see which of my friends are uh, in the HR space uh, and looking at what they're doing. And I said, why? Maybe this is what's my calling. And then that's why I enrolled and I really liked it. And then that's where I bank on my profession moving forward. So I've been an HR professional for 11 years. I know we want to talk about MBA, but from from the story that you shared, I just want to take a step back and ask about delays because you're right. Uh, it, it really makes this whole conversation more human because a lot of the times people tend to didn't brag, but a lot of the times people tend to be the first one to be to do something to achieve something, and and this is not to to generalize, especially in the Philchai community. Ang hirap, de ba? Because you're expected to start earning money, you're expected to start, de ba, achieving a lot of things, Asian upbringing and all. How did you deal with that delay? Na parang like what you said. You, you spent four years uh, finishing a degree and then after that, you actually realize and you want to go back to school. That's a big decision. Ah? In the end, parang, it's a big decision not just to take MBA because when you think about MBA, it's what, two years, one year? This is actually doing the entire four years again. Sure. Uh, I actually was delayed because of some failing subjects. <laughs> so I couldn't go into the next term because the prerequisites would have to be met. You know, you know how it goes, right? So to be really candid here, I really struggled with programming courses. But I really love when it goes to the instructional side, like user interface, user experience, and, and all that. Because that was the heart of the program that I wanted, not the highly technical stuff, right? Um, so um, that was also my first encounter with failure. I never failed any subject back in grade school or in high school. I was actually quite uh, an honor student myself. No? So when I first got my 1.0, which is the failure of the, of the LaSalle system, you know, it, I, it was a slap uh, of reality right there. So I had to figure out how do I explain this to my Chinese parents. Right? I can just imagine. Uh, Asian uh, Asian, <laughs> A, not like in A, no? so Asian guy. So, so I have to explain it. Um, fortunately, you know, um, both my parents were cool with it. Like, uh, I think I prepared a, a strong business case. So, you know, I told them like, um, this is not going to derail me. I'm not gonna like quit school or anything. Uh, I think I just need a little bit more help because um, this is not. Of course, I could win. 
unlike you know in high school you can wing it you know uh so I, you know i took some deliberate steps uh, took a tutor uh network with some of my uh sophomore batchmates uh when i was a freshman because i failed my first subject when I, when i was a freshman uh and that helped me uh keep up you know but unfortunately the subject that i failed is i think the first step along the thesis line so because i have to move it one sem my thesis will have to be pushed one step further um, but what i did as a comeback you know was to strive to make a really meaningful thesis so when i graduated from the sal my thesis was a nominee for a best thesis right so and strong um so why did i study again no i think the 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 question i had was the same when my dad questioned my decision so why not just take an mba yeah i mean it's gonna cost twice the money but half the time <laughs> twice the money but half the time <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so two years but like twice the amount of a of a bachelor's degree I don't have the experience. I think it's going to segue into what decisions or what are the things to consider when taking an MBA. I think um, I've interviewed some people, uh, both young and old, that I know carry a master's degree. Some of them said it was the key to promotions. I wasn't on HR yet. I was still a student at that time. It was a key to promotions. Uh, people would look at MBAs like a like a golden ticket to a many to a managerial position, or it is your it's it's your ace for alas when you're haggling for salaries because people will have to pay you more because you invest with your on yourself more. Right? People said it's also a way to to highlight your resume and and make it stand out from the millions of resumes hiring managers would see on a daily basis. Okay. I took those all in and I said, MBA wouldn't be a thing for me because typically I understood MBA should be a build up from your foundations. And because I didn't see my foundation as my real foundation, taking an MBA on top of shady grounds is not good. So similar to when you build a house, right? You want to make sure your foundation is solid. And I was a little bit iffy slash shaky with my computer science background. So I didn't take one. Fast forward to HR after graduating, I knew it was the foundation I wanted. Um, so I, again, once again, toyed around with the idea of, you know, wanting to take masters right off the bat. Hey, my dad actually asked me, why don't you just continue? You're in school anyway. And in Benil, they offer a master's degree in HR. And if not, in the U-Belt or the university belt, there's a lot of schools there that offers an, an MS in HR. Uh, I said, maybe not. Now, I've been in school for eight years. <laughs> Let me out. <laughs> so uh, I went out, started working. Um, and through my work, um, you know, if I took at it year on year, I didn't see an MBA at that time um, impactful because I was still gaining experience. So I, even if I had the education or the theory, will I be able to apply it? Maybe. But if my role does not need it, 
to what would be the opportunity for me to apply it. Like if I like if you took an MBA, it will teach you how to build strategies. And if you're a rank and file doing the low the lowest of the low jobs that don't require you to create strategy, would that be a good use of that degree? So I didn't. So I didn't take it. Moving on and so on and so forth. Uh, after gaining the experience, I think only after six, seven years did the idea came up. That's really interesting, no? Because a lot of the people, parang I actually admire a lot of those students. Na parang sure silang gusto na mag MBA straight off college or mag masters of college. Although alam ko there are some programs or Um, yeah, there are programs that would require you to have work experience before you could actually apply for an MBA. Because like what you said, yeah, there are a lot of motivations why people would take masters, whether it's for money, uh, for thinking that they will earn more if they could put this out to their employers, for if it's a requirement for promotion, and if they want to shift their career. For some, maybe they realize the college course that they took was not really for them, and then they want to shift, right? So we'll discuss more later from an HR point of view. Kung totoo ba yung mga iniisip nila, but I mean, there are a lot of like considerations before they actually took uh take this masters or MBA because there are a lot of costs, de ba? That that comes into it and a lot of scholarships, uh, if for those who can't afford it. So what I want to like discuss first, de ba? What do they? Where would they usually, from from your experience? I know it it crossed your mind, no? Where would they usually start if they want to look for an MBA or a master's? That's one and two. For for people who are not so familiar, since I have listeners also who are really young, what's the difference? Or when do you take masters? Or when do you consider taking MBA? Right, like your two cents, now. Uh, considerations. So, I think school. Is definitely one ingredient in the decision. Uh, typically, some people would prefer a type uh, a, a type of education system. You know, whether you uh, like where you took your college and then that's where you continue to do your masters, or take a whole new different environment. No, so school is one. Two is the network. No? Uh, when you go to masters, you don't technically go to a to a classroom of like. Or similar people. These are people with different walks of life. Already have jobs. You know, different age groups. You know, so depending on the network that you get yourself into, I think is greater than the school you choose. Great. In my yeah. humble opinion, <laughs> why? <laughs> Because schools' programs are, I would say, 80% the same. Right. Um, the branding could be different. One could be a Jesuit school. The other one could be, uh, you know, your national university and whatnot. No. But I think it's it's literally almost the same. But the classmates that you get, so I think where you get a lot of learnings from, because when they, you know, when you do your assignments and do classroom sharing, their insights from Their decades of work experience is not binded to the school; it's binded to them. So that's the second, I guess, ingredient. The third is, I guess, the the teachers. I'm not sure if it's easier nowadays to know who is teaching, but definitely industry practitioners 
are really good sources of um, not just education, but practical tips and techniques that sometimes textbooks don't teach. I think that I think that's also what makes some programs more expensive. Like if you compare like from a degree in uh, Asian Institute of Management, for example, which costs the, the price tag is like a telephone number, you know, but if you look at their profession, their professor roster, these are like, you know, uh, um, big shot people like retired commissioners of a uh, department in the government or are active, you know, really active um, celebrity of their industry, which, you know, knows what they're doing you know? So apart from the network where you get second-hand knowledge, the source of your first-hand knowledge, which is the professor, is also good. Even if you remove the school, the, the teacher will teach it his way or her way. Your students will share it their way, agnostic to the school. The school is, I think, just a safety net to know that the quality of education you're getting is above par. Um, of course, cost is also something that we need to consider. And I wouldn't be the first to say that not all expensive educations are high quality education. Sometimes you're just buying the brand. Amen. <laughs> so I have professors back in college who's, who's teaching in the, in the LaSalle system, but have their master's or even their doctorate's degree from less tiered schools. No, but it doesn't, again, like I said, no, the school is just the shell. What you want is the oyster inside. No? Yung, yung shell, ano lang yung carrier. Or vehicle, no? that's, one, that's how I would answer your first question. The other question is a master's degree in general and an MBA. Uh, in, my, in my two brushes with MBA, the way that I understand MBA is that it helps you gain the insights to run or start a business. And you'll see these folks are either strategists, they're either the ones developing their company strategy, they're executives, um, the people who want to elevate their business game, to either create more competitive advantage or make or take more of the market share. Pero, Meron ding large chunk of emerging professionals, uh, the young folks who are just like me, who wanting to make a footprint in the industry. I also ventured into wanting to take a master's degree in HR. But I think what is different is that when you take a master's degree of a particular industry, it's like an elevated version of your map of your bachelor's degree. Uh, it's still very um, focus on the craft of being an HR person. Teach you, you know, it still teaches you strategy, but it's people strategy. Or if it teaches you about methods, it's HR methods. In MBA, because it's more generic. generic. It's uh -oh. generic. Like wh wherever you are, you can apply it. Mm. Which I think what makes MBA sexier. Because if you want you can be you can apply it in any sorts of work. Correct. No? Uh, so yun, yun yung, I think the difference. Yeah, I think 
they normally market MBA more as a networking, uh, a formal and educational working event for networking event for people who want to get into that. Because especially the, it depends on where you actually uh, enlist for your MBA. You, ha- you may have um, encounter or you may be in the same class as those top leaders for other um, companies right here in the Philippines or even outside in the Philippines. I like what you said when you when you highlighted the considerations for the MBA and the master's and you said that the school is actually just a shell if you think about it. You really want the oyster. So it's actually one thing that I, I've been thinking about to grow up like personal experience. When I graduated, I always want to be I just want to achieve things. I just want to be ahead. So I've been thinking whether I should take either master's or MBA. But after a while, even working for the corporate industry for quite a while, I realized that there are some companies, like at least for, for the banking industry where I work, it's not as important to have those things. I even actually considered Chartered Financial Analyst or CFA, uh, which is another further studies. I took one level and then parang I stopped. So all these things, it, I think I have the wrong motivation of why I want to take an MBA or, or master's. Just really, I want that three letters after my name or yung mga ganon. Or parang it's just really a, a title. But ultimately, I think I realized that I don't really need one, at least at this point in my career. Because if it's just for um increasing my salary or other things. Parang some of the companies already factored that in or don't even look at those things if it doesn't really apply to your work. So case-to-case basis at this point. So I I wanted to just like briefly touch on this before we move on to, to the HR point of view. Do you think it matters whether you take your master's MBA onshore or offshore? Depends how deep your pocket is. <laughs> You know, like I said, if a school is a shell, the location is can be treated similarly. Yeah. So whether you do it here, or you do it abroad. I agree. Ako, for me personally, if I remove my HR hat personally, what I can just say about this matter is taking an investment on learning should be the investment itself, which is the knowledge. Yeah. It's not about money, it's not about position, it's not about extending your surname. But you know, if your motivation are extrinsic, you typically don't don't finish your MBA. So you know, if you wanna take further studies, the knowledge is what you're after. What the knowledge will result to is just an afterthought. Blessing na lang yun, or, or positive consequence. No? Ay, na-promote ako. Salamat, MBA. Pero, <laughs> pero kahit na hindi, you got what you wanted when you got into the program. You got your network. You got your knowledge that you wanted. <clears throat> you now have gained the opportunity to apply different ways of working because you now you know more. No? And I think you know money and positions naturally come because of the network. Sometimes you don't get promoted within your own company. Your classmate poaches you. Hey, oh, well, yung project natin together, want to work for my company? So, so, but those just happen by chance. And if you're going to bank on your decision on chances, 
sayang naman yung investment po kung if it did not turn out the way you want it to. You'll feel bitterness for taking that 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 course. Correct. Especially it's a big and expensive decision also. So I want to move on to the HR point of view kasi it's always parang puro sariling thoughts lang eh. So I'm not, I want to pick your brain as an HR professional about this whole MBA or taking further studies. You've been a headhunter and you've worked with a lot of companies. Is Do you really think, and you may, we may have answered this briefly already, There's is there really like an upside from an employer's point of view? Companies, at least in my in my experience, when we build roles, right? So when we, so before a job description even becomes a job description, there's a need. Uh, whether it's a functional role or it's a competency that the business needs to take its business to the, to a different level, or maybe penetrate a different sector or market, it usually is skill centric, not education. Centric. Because when we want to hire someone, we want to hire someone who can do what we want, not know what we want. Mm. Ah, let's do. <laughs> like, for example, if, um, if my business is currently focused on, um, let's say, I'll, I'll give a generic example. Um, let's say if, my, if, if the business that we own caters to the male, male, uh, uh, customers and you want to diversify it into females now you want to create a new spin-off program for for the female gender do you need a master's in marketing per se or do you need someone who has diversified products in the past uh, or who has experience penetrating a market that the company is not does not have presence in no? so yun yung question if you're gonna ask the boss the boss would want to have someone with track records already. switch is a skill. How the person got that skill, whether it is through experience or through education, is something that the hiring organization does not care about anymore. I just want someone who can do it tomorrow. <laughs> so typically, the creation of the job description takes a while. It, it, it has a process. What do we need? So these are the skills, that are A, B, C, D, E. Uh, these are the competencies, E, F, G, H, I. And then you have your behaviors, J, K, L, M, N. And you want to be critical thinking, good communicator, team player. anatomy ng job description. Yeah? But when you get to the latter, which is your educational background, but typically, you'll see requires X bachelor's degree in ABC or a master's degree, preferably. You know, the word preferably. You know, um, but I haven't been in an interview where they ask you about your master's degree. It's a tick box on the resume, but people don't actually go deep into what you learn in the MBA because probably the interviewer does not have or share your MBA. So. Hindi ko rin naman matatanong sa'yo yun eh, kung mababalidate, di ba? So, wala. For me, ako lang, as an HR profession, I don't find it extremely valuable unless the role truly requires it. Yeah. Because maybe by market trend, the most successful ones have that as part of their portfolio. So may skill, 
experience may elevated education interesting yeah actually that's true because it really still depends you know whether it's really required or not i like what you said uh, and and i super agree with what you said that you really want to hire someone who can do what you want them to do not know what they need to do but people could be very bookish and they can't execute then there are people who are like that so for for employers i guess so it's just really safe to say that employers do not really discriminate whether there's uh someone has an mba or a master's right and siguro my my next question is there are a lot of companies who support like their employees for to take further studies do you recommend employees to take on this chance and i know there are companies also who will offer it in exchange for a bond diba so there are those considerations so if i'm an employee um i know there's this opportunity for me to learn what would you suggest you have to first answer the question why you want are you eyeing um, uh, a promotion soon or are you eyeing to move to a different department or is it mainly for enrichment purposes so it depends no? because if it's company subsidized there's always an exchange. Okay. Uh, sometimes it could be if you take it, um, after you take it, you, have, you will be given you know, a bigger project so that the company could get an ROI behind that investment. So there's no clear-cut answer to should you or should you not. No? But there should be a concrete answer for yourself on why you want to. Kung hindi solid sa yung reasons why, then don't. No? Uh, don't, in terms of don't take a degree, maybe, because it's a very heavy dedication. Mm-hmm. It's a choice that you have to commit to. It's not right. like you learn one subject and then you're done. No? It's, a, it's a one to two years worth of time. No? So what I can suggest as an alternative is to consume content that is not as time uh, extensive or mm-hmm. not as time consuming, mm-hmm. which is the route I personally took. So at this point of our storytelling, I am no longer preaching gospel because that's what I for myself. I consume content through books, uh, Pre-COVID, no, all my drives to and from the office. So I am from QC, and my office is in Makati. And you know how long it takes to get from QC to Makati. I could consume an audio book, in one week if you just listen to it chapter by chapter, yeah. going to and from, to and from. And I could say that in every book that I consume, if I can just get one technique or one insight from that I could use it in my work. So let them be go for the audiobook. Mm-hmm. And you can build on top of that. So in apply gumana, you tweak it. Gumana. So now you know two things. What yeah. you learn from the book and what you learn for yourself when you try to use the book. Apart from audiobooks also took certifications. These are a little bit midway in terms of time commitment. They have to attend the program, runs for maybe a couple of weeks. 
you take an assessment, you have to pass it, and then you you get your certification. Um, I personally take it because I find it useful uh, for my job. Uh, I didn't take it just because, just because, no. Yeah. So I guess that's what I can share. No, if you're not sure, if you want to commit the time, the effort, and the money, there's always an alternative. And for me, I think what's good about micro learnings is that you can automatically turn it into a skill because you can practice it immediately. And over time, as you collect more skills, your Swiss knife of capabilities just grows and grows, which therefore also elevates your employability. Agree. I think to capture what you just said, it's really important to just really understand why you want to take further studies. That's one. And to maybe just really think if you really need a NBA or a master's because those two would really require more commitment versus those virtual classes or parang certification that you mentioned. So those two really, they're, they're not bad. They're, they're, they're solid, uh, solid lines in your resume and solid credentials, but it's not the end of the world if you don't have those those two because of the the cost that they come with as well, right? There are a lot of virtual classes. There are a lot of other certifications or further studies that they could focus on uh, specifically on the skill set that they might need for the job that they have or if they want to shift like other jobs, right? Like what you said, taking other skills like a data privacy for, uh, for that particular role. So there are a lot of ways to learn, not just through... MBA and masters but if you do want to take those I mean we're no one's stopping you from doing so just know what the motivations really are so I want to ask though what kind of people and this is not just on MBA and masters what kind of people can you say should not take further studies but I think rather than answering to who a master's degree is not suitable I would rather address that that question as to what is the right time to take one. No? Timing lang naman yan eh. Maybe not now, but you can do it later. No? If, you're, if you can afford it now, maybe as you work, you'll save money, then you can afford it later. You know? I think master's is pretty good after you've, after you've accumulated substantial experience. Why? Just going back to my premise a while ago, the network that you have in that is just as good as what you contribute to that network. So kung makikilig ka lang, might not make sense either because they might be talking about stuff that you are oblivious to. And if they ask you to share, what will you share? So when they talk, sila-sila na lang mag-uusap kasi wala naman sila mapupulot sa'yo. Diba? And vice versa. So magandang kumuha ka mo ng experience. How much? Depends. There's no number. No? Some people would say 10 years. Some people would say 5 years. But in those two comparisons, mas mukhang malaki nga yung 10 years. But a 5-year tenure packed with meaningful and high variety roles and responsibilities will outweigh 10 years of basic tenure of 2 years worth of roles and responsibilities done five times. Yeah? So, walang kwenta yung 10 years kung yun at yun at yun lang din yung alam mo versus yung high impact, high value 
high meaning five years. Interesting advice. Yeah, agree. You're right. Because if you if I took a master's, yeah, if I took a master's years back when I was starting, I am not going to be as confident as how as what knowledge I have right now, X years later, because it's really different. I would know better question what questions to ask and how to better position myself in those conversations. So I do agree on those though in those advice. My next question or my final question specifically on like being from the employer in the HR hat. I've seen a lot of people excel for being promoted, getting increases in their salary, even though they don't have all these, you know, credentials. Because they're they're really doers. Magaling lang talaga sila. They know how to do their job. They know how to network and manage upwards, right? All these things. But for those people, so so we're not saying that a lot of people or people could just drop all these further studies kasi may mga tao namang ganun. It really depends eh, whether you're that kind of person or not. So, from your advice na lang siguro, for those na granted na they, they don't want to take or they don't have the capability to, to, to take master's or MBA or they have decided not to take it, what are your advice for them to push forward their career? There is this very common, not common, uh, this widely accepted learning framework the 70-20-10 model. So 70% is on-the-job learning, 20% social, 10% formal or classroom. Nasa na MBA? Nasa 10. Mm-hmm. Nasa 10. Pero magkano yun? Mahal. <laughs> so, so, I would rather advise people to find opportunities in the first 90%. And I'll take it pabalik. To the 20. Social learning. Get a buddy. Get a mentor. Find someone that you think you will learn a lot from. Why is it important? Number one, it's fast. The comparing reading a book and someone telling you the story, tapos na agad yung kwento eh. Diba? Pag tinuro sa'yo. Siya yung bida, siya yung kontrabida, namatay si ganito, nanalo siya, tapos. You got what you needed. In 20 minutes. And it's more interactive. Ah. So, get a buddy. Get a mentor. Or, Network within your organization. No? Don't sit with the same folks in your cafeteria. Sit with the bosses. No? Kasi nandun yung mga masasayang usapan. Eh. Ah, bakit yan nila naisip yun? No? But bakit kaya? No? If you sit with your common crowd, you'll just, learn, you'll just know what you already know. So get yourself into a different circle. Baka sabihin nila, eh, doon sila sa aircon room eh. Dito lang kami sa hindi aircon room. Or baka sip-sip daw. Or baka sip-sip, di ba? Let them say what they want. Kasi malinis sa'yo kung ba't ka nandun. Your promotion or your higher performance will speak for itself. Correct. Di ba? So, social, di ba? So, get a buddy, get a mentor, or network with a different person in your team. Going to the 70 person. There's actually a lot of learning as you do your job. But the degree of learning drastically drops if you don't add to what you're doing. So number one, I suggest volunteering for special projects. Because by volunteering, you're able to do what you were supposed to do in the social learning. You get yourself involved in a different community, a different circle, because that project might be outside your team. The boss or the project manager of that project is not going to be the same boss you have. So you also learn a different technique from a different superior. No? 
volunteer. Number two, think outside your role. Now, uh, depending on what your job is, if you're a banker or a marketer or a sales or HR, there is one facet that you're good at already. What is the nearest facet of work closest to what you already know where you can transpose the skill? I'll just maybe use HR as an example. So that's my course or that's my industry. Typically, people go into the recruitment or into the HR industry through recruitment. They become sourcers or recruiters or interviewers. So as you gain more experience and how to negotiate to make people accept the offer, how to better sell the job, no, at yung mga skills na kukuha mo as you go through the motions of your work. Um, you build your network because your talent pool is also your own personal network. No, you learn about industries. No? You're, you're hiring for medical field, you're hiring for construction or whatever, FMCG. No? So, naiyong mo nakikita. You collect all of those and see saan ko ito po dalhin. Um, it might not necessarily be going out of HR. So a concrete example here is after you've learned a lot about how to better recruit and source people, maybe you can go into talent in learning and development. How to train other newbies to become better recruiters. And then as you build more of that, hindi malabong mapunta ka sa business partnering, becoming generalist, creating policies, hosting programs, become a manager one day, so on and so forth. So education can push you towards, you know, the direction you want to get ahead on. But skills and experience would always trump education. Sabi nga nila, there's this adage that I got is that when you're looking for a job, your resume is your key. They look at your resume, ah, maganda, CGPA, whatever, mataas, ah, thesis, malupet, ah, school, mag- maganda, blah, blah, blah. Pagpasa ko sa loob, yung resume mo, tatapo na yun. Kasi hindi na useful yun eh. No? Hindi ko naman kailangan yung 1.4 CGPA mo sa job mo. Ang kailangan ko sa'yo, you earn me 1 million pesos. Or you get me into that market. Your CGPA does not mean a thing anymore when you get in. So when you get in, you have to build a new resume. Correct. It's called the employability. Yung, how do you elevate your employability so that your, your company can move you in places that drives more value, compensate you more for what you know that others don't, for the performance and results you're able to deliver that others cannot. Yan na yung build up mo sa loob. Yeah. Yang employability na yan, pag nabuo mo yan, and then you start looking for a job, that becomes your resume. Pasok mo sa loob ng bagong company, gawa ka na naman employability mo. I agree. Uh, so, so you only build a resume once uh, when you're yeah. out of school. After that, you build your employability moving forward. I feel that if you do that, you'll never have to find a job. Why do I say that? Companies will look for you rather than you look for them. No? Kasi nakikita nila, ay, paano kaya nagagawa ng kumpanyang yan yung ginagawa niya? And then 
the, the research and then they'll find out that you represent that company you know, and then you'll be poached or you'll be invited Uh, yeah. to, to join a different company. Yeah, I have a, I was listening to what you said and it's really nice you know to have that insight. I had a curious question though. You said you were saying that employ you're building employability after the moment you you join a company. Does that mean that your entire value in that company or equates to how hard you are to to be replaced by that particular company? In some ways, yes. No, and no, not maybe in some. In many ways, yes. No, um, if for example you are able to give a, a secret ingredient you know, to the success of the company, and it's difficult to replicate because you yourself as the individual is an ingredient. No, so pag parang ano yan, parang ulam yan. No, pag ikaw yung secret sauce, eh, hindi masarap. Uh, so if that is the case, then definitely the company would see that. I say, how will they see it? If there's a project and you're part of it, successful. Mm. Wala, hindi, or cool no, you become the go-to person. Some companies will be very aware and take care of you. No? Yeah. Whether it is through financial or non-financial uh, methods, they will shed some light on you and give you a different kind of TLC. By improving your employability, you become less disposable. You, know, you become indispensable. I think that's a better description. Pero, hindi din ibig sabihin, once you get to that stature, you're forever indispensable. No? Because what I've learned is that, and what I've thought growing up, is that there will always be someone better than you. Okay. No, you will never be the apex all the time. Mm. So, and it came from you, no? Learning never stops. Performing and delivering varying results also never stops. As the market change, you know, as the economy change, as the priorities of your business and its foundational goals change, you have to adapt to make sure you remain relevant. Yeah. Irrelevant kana, then that's where your employability starts to slip. Yeah. Uh, so that's something to to take note of. Okay, so I have my one last question because this is a misconception podcast. I wanted to ask you, Ranson, what is a common misconception about you? <laughs> uh, they they never thought I would be in HR. Uh, you know, I think it is in not in my natural demeanor. So people always felt that um, I would be, you know, uh, being Chinese, people would want me to be an entrepreneur or a business owner, uh, not the employee, <laughs> not the employee image. You know? mm-hmm. uh, so whenever in social circles, they like, oh, anong negosyo mo? Ah, hindi, ano na, empleyado. <laughs> no, so parang malaki yung cultural, ano, no? Connotation, no? Dapat may negosyo ka or kung ano yung gusto ng, ano yung sa magulang mo, dapat i-continue mo. Yeah. Although I chose a different track altogether from what my parents do. Uh, and it's a personal choice. I wanted to make something of myself. Thank you for that. But again, really insightful conversation this entire hour. 
And I think we've established that, you know, it, there's nothing wrong taking with an MBA, taking a master's or taking any further studies. Just really know what your purpose or your motivations are. And most of the time, if you're really just looking to take those for, let's say, career um, progression, unless it's not, unless it's really required by the company, there are other ways for you to, to build on that employability that you have for you to be indispensable in the future. So that's pretty much it. Thank you so much, Ransom. Yeah, pleasure. Pleasure to be here. That's it for today's episode of Misconceptions. If you enjoyed it, please share this online or with your friends. Don't forget to like our Facebook page, Misconceptions Podcast, and do follow us on Instagram at Misconceptions. See you in the next.